somebody here that be manifestation of God's work in your life. In the name of Jesus. Uh, God is never too late. He's always there on time. And that's why he said in his time, he makes all things beautiful. Uh, before I go into the message today, I just want us to be able to worship God. You know, and appreciate him for who he is in our lives. Uh, I had an experience during the week. Uh, I was out of town on an assignment, and when we were coming from uh, the location we went to, uh, because you sincerely don't like the food they prepare here, I'm very local, that's of food, praise the Lord, and uh, so when we were coming, I told my, my colleague, please let's go to McDonald's so that I can eat before I get to the hotel. But I thought I was going to McDonald's to, to eat something, to eat, to, to just refresh myself. But God took me there to teach me a lesson. And by the time I left that place, I kept asking myself the question, am I appreciating God enough for my life? Because when we got there, as we sat down, there were some elderly couple just uh, behind our table, they were quite elderly. So, uh, as we sat down, another man came in. He's a cowboy. When I say cowboy, he was wearing his, his hat and everything. He's an elderly, elderly man. And he had his young boy with him. And the boy was dressed like a cowboy as well. So, as they passed us, the man behind us, the older man behind us saw, he said, Hi, hi, how are you? And they greeted each other with familiarity. He knew him. And he was introducing the boy to him that this is my great grandchild. You know? And I was like, myself and my friend was, well, wow, it's an elderly man. You know? And the next thing we heard him saying, or the friend was asking him, how is, how is everything? Any news? Anybody died? I was shocked. That's. Which kind of question was that? But when I look at them again, and I look at their age, I understand why he asked that question. Because they were elderly. And with, amongst them, that grew up together, the news they, were, they, they look forward to, who is still alive, who is, has died. And that was why he asked that question. And the man responded, oh, no news yet. And I look at myself. These people have come to the reality that they are very close to it. And this news, when it comes, doesn't surprise them again. Because they know that all of them that grew up together, they are close to it. And it challenged me and asked myself, this is a reality we all have to live with. What can we say about the life we live when this time comes? And as he asked that question, I thought deeper into it as well. I said, there are some people, their own case is not who has died. 
The question they keep asking themselves every day is, where do I get the next meal? Where do I get the next meal? Where do I go to? Someone asked the question, where will I put my head today? Where will I sleep tonight? Amongst themselves, when they see each other, where are you sleeping tonight? Because they don't have a home. They're not sure of where the next meal is coming back, coming from. But here we are. We have a place to put our head. We plan our menu ahead of time. We have a timetable for what we are going to give our children to eat. Some children do not even know what they will eat the next day. I just want to rest on our feet and thank the Lord Almighty for his faithfulness in your life. There are some in the hospital bed and they are looking at their colleague. They are carrying them away every day and saying, this one is gone. But that is not your case. Let us just give thanks to the Lord Almighty. Say, Father, I appreciate you for my life. Thank you for what you have done, for what you are still doing, for what you are yet to do. Thank you for my family. Thank you for my wife. Thank you for my career. Thank you that today I have roof over my head. Thank you for making me to know you, Lord Jesus. I'm in Christ today because you have made it possible. There are many that want to know you that they don't know who you are. Lord, I appreciate you. I appreciate you. And if you are going through any challenge or the other, you are saying, God, when is, when is the answer coming? I want to encourage you today and I want to tell you that God is able. God is able. He is able to do much more than you can think or imagine. Thank the Lord Almighty. Father, I just want to appreciate you.
things you are doing in our life that we take for granted. But today, from the bottom of our heart, we want to say thank you. Lord, you know us into details. You know each hair in our head, each strand of hair in 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 our head. And we appreciate how you have been there for us. How you have provided for us. How you have kept us. How you have heard us. We are grateful unto you. And we say to you be all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, if you have a thousand tongues, it's not enough to praise you. But all we have to say this morning is thank you. And we have more reasons to thank you every day of our life. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God bless you. Prayer. And I just want to encourage somebody here today by the word of God. Maybe going through a challenging situation, difficult situation. Things may not be as you want it to be. Either in your career, in your family life. And you are asking questions about God. And I want to answer one question today by the message I have. Which is, God is able. No matter what the situation may be, circumstances may be that you're going through, God can and we see it through it. In the name of Jesus Christ. Let us look at the book of Ephesians, chapter 3, as we go briefly into this message. Ephesians chapter 3, I will read from verse 16 to 20, but my focus is on verse 20, really. But for us to have the understanding, uh, I want us to read from verse 16. It goes thus. That he will grant you, that is me now, and you as well, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. To be strengthened with might, by his spirit in the inner man. We have been talking about the Holy Spirit for some time. In our Sunday school, today as well, we talk about the Holy Spirit as well. The strengthening we are talking about today is also referring to who? The Holy Spirit. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. 
that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and the length and depth and height. Watch that. The breadth, the length, the height, and the depth all combined together. Praise the Lord. That we may have that understanding. And to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that ye may be filled with all the fullness of God. This is Apostle Paul praying for his brethren. This is a very important prayer point, which today in the church, you know, we don't pray for the Holy Spirit again. What do we pray for? Eh? We pray for the things that pertains to the world, really. But it's praying for the Holy Spirit because it's the only Spirit that empowers our what? Our inner man. And in verse 20, it says something very important. So now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. God is able. God is able. Unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask, or think, or imagine. That is the person we are talking about. And that's why it's important for us to make reference to the fact that he said earlier in, that, in the earlier verses about strengthening by the Spirit in our inner man to have this understanding that God is able. And if you look at that verse 20, there are two things that comes to me as I read that scripture again and again. You know, sometimes when we, we are so familiar with the scripture, sometimes that, you know, when God is say something in a particular scripture because you are so familiar with it. You can't just speak it again. You just have read it again and again and again. And you can't just speak it again. That is what God is saying. You know, I was reading a statistic sometimes ago about the fact that, you know, people have accidents more in locations, in areas they are familiar with. The accidents happen to people in locations and areas they are very familiar with. The tendency is that when you are familiar with something, you, you lose the opportunity to, to take advantage of what you know about that thing because you just get relaxed about it. And that's, that's something that happens with the Word of God as well. A lot of us are so familiar with the Word of God that, you know, even the promises there, we cannot even identify or see it as it is. So the first thing that jumped at me from that scripture is that if you can think about it, if you can imagine it, God can do it. Hello? 
If you can think about it, if you can perceive it, if you can imagine it, God can do it. Praise the Lord. That means that the limit of what God can do in your life is dependent on the limit of the possibilities that you see or what you can feel God can do. So far you can perceive it. How far God goes with you is has a lot to do with the way you think as well. If you think that you can be at level four, God can take you to level four. If you think that you can be at level 10, God can take you to level 10 as well. You can think about it. You can imagine it. God can do it. Praise the Lord. So God is not limited and he is able to do it. So our thought, our thinking is a key factor into what we can receive from him. And that's why in the book of Isaiah 55, Isaiah 55, Bible says in verse 8 and 9, See, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, said the Lord. Say, for as the heavens are higher than the heart, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So if you can think about it, if you can imagine it, God can do it for you. So the question you should ask yourself is that what are those thoughts? What are those things that, you know, I'm asking of God? Where do I see myself? God can take you beyond where you think you can. And if you can ask of him, Bible says in John 14, 13, 13 to 14, John 14, 13, 14, it says, and whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that what will I do? That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name. So if you combine this together, you realize that what scripture is saying in Ephesians uh, 3 that we read, 3 that we read, is that God can do abundantly more than what you can think or imagine. If only you can just have that, you know, expectations of what God can do. He's not the one limiting us. We can limit ourselves. There's another thing that I need to stress on for us as well as we read the scripture. The second part of it says something. It says, according to the power that worketh where? In you. According to the power that worketh in you. And that is key as well. The power of God in you is a driver of what happens to you. Praise the Lord. What you carry in terms of the power of God in you determines how far you can go. For those of us that did physics, they say power is what called walk times distance. Walk times distance. The amount of work you can do and the distance you can go Within a power, it what? A time. 
Praise the Lord. Within a time period. So you can see here that the power of God working in you is dependent on what you can carry. Depending on what the power of God you carry in you. Just like the physical power that we have. The manifestation of God's power, you have a factor, you have a role to play there. And if you connect back to the Father, the Bible says that the Spirit of God empowers us. That means that if the Spirit of God is in you, it gives you power. That means that, means that you need to have the Spirit of God in you to be able to experience this power of God. And it's not a physical power. That, you know, it's not by muscle that you have. Of course, if you want to do physical, physical things, people, people go to a large extent to exercise their body, to develop their physique, they go to the gym to bring out the muscles, you know, and then you can see physically they are strong, you know, and they can do a lot of things because they have prepared themselves for it. Brethren, so it is in the, spirit, in the spiritual sense as well. If you really want to experience the power of God, then you need to prepare yourself, cook yourself, to be able to receive that power. The Holy Spirit empowers us. And for Him to empower us as well, He has to be able to dwell in us. And He cannot dwell in a vital vessel. So the vessel must be prepared to receive the Holy Spirit. If you think God can do it, if you believe God can do it, if you put your trust in God, while others are saying, die, die, you will say, live, live. The Holy Spirit is in you. Some of us may have read the story about Ebola in Nigeria. And that was a story that touched me about a lady doctor. I don't know whether some of us have read it. A lady doctor, a young lady, just married. She was one of the first contact person with the Liberian missile that came to Nigeria. I call him missile. Another missile has been sent to the U.S. now. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You know, she, she got Ebola. And the expectation is that everybody that got Ebola will die. But when, she, when, she, when I read her experience, she chose to do what? To live. She chose to live. She held on to God. She said, I will live. I will not die. And she was saying that every day, she, you know, the symptoms were becoming more and more and more and more. But she was still believing God that she will live. And suddenly, there was a turn around. Suddenly, she was not passing stool again. Suddenly, she was not permitting again. And there was a turnaround. Praise the Lord. Because she chose to live. She believed God can do it. Right in her presence, people were dying in the world where she was. But as people were dying, she was coming alive. God was restoring strength back to her. And one thing that was about her experience was that she was there, like every night she was expecting a call from her 
pastor. That she looked forward to that call, that prayer time. And as they pray together, she's encouraged. She's encouraged. And she lived. Praise the Lord. And I want to thank God for the, the government in Nigeria. Let's, let's clap for them. They try for that one, I tell you. Let's appreciate them. It's not easy to contain that disease in Lagos. In Lagos, not in a village. But they contain it. Just minimized the damage. In Liberia, close to 2,000 people have died now. In Guinea, Sierra Leone, 1,000 plus. Nigeria, it's people die and they stop it. People have learned that the U.S. wants to go and learn from Nigeria and how they did it. Praise the Lord. Let's clap for them again. No, when they are doing bad things, you know, you, you, you condemn them. But when they did the right thing, do what? Let's appreciate them. It's a wonderful thing. Let, let's clap for them again. I can tell you. Because my, I, I was afraid when I learned the thing got to Nigeria. I was afraid. That how would they handle it? But they responded so fast and so quick. No man, the father, so people are using as political uh, gains now. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But what I'm trying to stress here today, brethren, is the fact that, you know, if you can conceive, God can do it. God will do it for you. But if you listen to the other voice, like saying, forget it. It is done. It is gone. Nothing can happen again. So shall it be. But if you listen to the voice of God and say, with God, all things are possible. And you hold on to it. God will do it in your life. Because he said he can do exactly, abundantly more than what you can think or imagine. Praise the Lord. And he has done it before in the past. And he can still do it again. That's why he said in his word. Hebrews 38, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. May the Lord help us. In the name of Jesus Christ. And that was why the scripture we read today, the book of Daniel 3, she challenged me anytime I read that, read, that, read that scripture. About these three young Hebrew children, how they stood by what they believe in. They didn't allow the pressure of the king to, 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 to swerve them from their belief. There are pressures in our lives today, brethren. It may not look like that of King Nebuchadnezzar. But there are things in our world that are pushing us to say, well, let us just know. Maybe I can do it another way. Or I can yield to this situation. But this, this guy said no. The king told them that did you say that you will not bow to this golden image I have created? And if you remember, they are, they are not just ordinary citizens in the land. They were governors of province. They have something to, what, to lose. But they rather lose those things 
than losing their relationship with God. Many people today have traded their relationship with God to the things of the world. People are looking for a job. And they told them, unless you do this or that, you cannot get this job. And they think that when they get the job, they will use their tithe to appease God. No, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. We say, no, no, no. We are not going to obey you in this matter. In fact, I like the way they put it. Say, okay, in this matter, we have no case to answer. We have nothing to tell you. Say, our God is what? Able to deliver us from this fiery furnace. Bible says that when they were throwing them there, what happened? The people that were throwing them, what happened to them? They were consumed. Said they were, they were, our God is able. Praise the Lord. And the question I ask is that do you have confidence in your God? These guys have confidence in their God. They have confidence of what God can do for them. And I want to challenge us. How much confidence do we have in God? Or what he can do? How much doubt, doubt do we allow to, 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 to filter into our thoughts about what God can do? You know, the, the doubt just filter him, little by little, you know? And before you know it, you start, you know, trying to adjust to the world. See, they have confidence in their God. What confidence do we have in God? What God can do for us? Or are we doing trade-off in our relationship with him? These guys were not able to do trade-off. And they went to the extent of telling the king something. They said, even if, even if, if God, if he chooses not to do what? Deliver us. We will not what? We will still not bow down to this golden image. And that tells me something. That tells me that the relationship with God is not because of what they can get from God. It goes beyond that. It goes beyond that. Even, even when it's not happening the way they want it, they still want to do what? Pitch their tent with God. And that is, the, that is one thing that we need to learn in today's world. You know, they say something in our language. That when you have hole in your hand, you know, people do what? They help you lick it. But when it is blood, what happens? You are on your own. Now, when things are good, sometimes people can worship and do a lot of things and appreciate God. But when, what, if, what of when things are not the way you want it? Will you still be there with God? Is your relationship with him dependent on what is happening around you? And some people, the reverse is the case. When things are tough, they run to God. God help me. I need your help. God. And when God answers them, what happens? They walk away. Because the comfort is there now. Praise the Lord. But these this three guys said, no, 
Even if he chose not to do that for us, if he, chose, if he allowed us to die, we still want to believe that he's still our God. And we cannot compromise that for this. They were, they were ready to compromise their relationship with the king. But they were not ready to compromise their relationship with God. Even if God says, die like that. So what level of compromise do you want to keep? Are you yielding to the desires of the world, the temptations of the world, not to get what you want? Or are you holding on to God, who is able to do much more than you can think or imagine? Praise the Lord. The Bible says that when they threw threw them into the, the, the flames of fire, the king saw something in them. He saw that there were three people thrown. And what they told them there, what did they do? They tied them. You know, so they were not able to walk. But he said he saw four people doing what? Walking. That tells me something. The fire consumed the rope. They used to tie them. But let their clothing. I would say that nothing happened to their clothes. Nothing happened to their skin. Praise the Lord. You know, when, when, when you read Psalm 91, it's, it's a scripture that uh, we love reading a lot. But I was say that I, I read that scripture and God opened my eyes to something. And I said, hmm, this is the secret of this scripture. There are, there are so many promises in Psalm 91. Can you just open to it, please? Psalm 91. There are so many promises in Psalm 91. But that promise, promise starts from verse 2 or so. Psalm 91. See? No, from verse 1. Let's start from verse 1. So he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. In verse 2. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler, from the noisome pestilence. And it continues like that. What God can do, what God can do. But the first thing He said is what? He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High. So, the first thing I need to do to be able to have access to those promises is to know how to do what? To dwell in the secret place of the Most High. Not in the corridor. Brethren. Not even in the sitting room. Do you understand? You know, when somebody is in your sitting room and doesn't have access to your, to your bedroom, that person is a visitor, most likely. But anybody that has access to your bedroom, it shows how close you are to that person. The bedroom is like a secret place. You know, where not everybody enters. So for you to lay claim to the promises of God in that scripture, then your dwelling has to be where? In the secret place. And for you to, to, to get to that secret place, you need to have what it takes to get there. Not everybody is allowed in there. 
If your life does not depict what God wants, you cannot get there. So it's good to live to that, to, that, to that scripture, but it's important for us to know as well that it is not for everybody. That's the truth of the word of God. Praise the Lord. It's not for everybody. So you can do much more than you can think or imagine. But are you that close to him? Are you doing some trade-off in your relationship with him? And trade-off can come in many ways. You can, you can enumerate it. Many ways you can trade off your relationship with God. Just because you want to be able to do some other things. But in the life of these three three children of uh, Hebrew children, they head on to God in difficult situations. And the word of the Lord in Isaiah 43, 1 to 5, came to life in their life. Isaiah 43, 1 to 5. It just came to life. He says, Isaiah 43, 1 to 5. But now thus said the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by name. Thou art mine. Can you say that of yourself? God is saying, you are mine. I said, when thou passeth through the waters, I will do I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not what? Overflow thee. So when thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be what? Burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. That was what happened to these children, uh, these guys. It was with them. Even the king said something. He said, were there not three thrown into the fire? I see four people. And the apparent of the fourth person is like what? The son of God. God is with you. Are they giving you pressure in your office? And they are to frustrate you. When you are with God, God will be with you. You, saw, you, you, you see it through. They will not understand. They will not understand what is happening to you. They will just say, what is, what is, what, what is about this guy? What is different about him? No matter what you are going through, if God is for you, who can be against you? No one. You will see it through. See, I saw the fourth person, and by the time by the time he came out, by the time he, he, he said, he said, he, uh, uh, the king calling when he was calling calling him out, it was very funny. He said, Daniel, uh, sorry, he said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the servant of the living God. Do you understand? He himself confessed that this is not an ordinary one. The servant of the living God, come out. I would say they walked out. They they threw them out in there with bandage. But they walked out of the fire. It was like fresh to them. Nothing happened to their clothing. It was not, I would say it was not even smelling. Their clothes was not smelling fire. Praise the Lord. You know, see, I have so, you know, there are times that when things happen to us, as children of God, you, don't, you just take it for granted. You don't know what is happening. You don't know people are watching you. People are looking at, why is this one different? I mean, how did I explain before? People just look at, what, what, is this, what is it about this one that is different? They will not be able to come and ask you, but they are watching. And that's why as the children of God, we have to be very careful. They are watching. Praise the Lord. 
I traveled with a colleague of mine to Cold Lake. And one day he was asking me, say, you don't always look troubled. So why, why is you, 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 are, you are always smiling? I said, you want me to look troubled? No, I said, just, just, you're, you're, I don't know what's happening to you. I said, well, I'm a Christian. And I'm not supposed to be troubled. No, because maybe he was looking for that opportunity that two of us would be alone. And he can ask me questions. And started telling me, ah, Christians, that, uh, because he's, a, he's an Iranian. Uh, Christians that, that there are some people in his, in, his, in, his, in his neighborhood that are trying to invite him to church. So they belong to the church of, church of Mormon. And, and that was the first time I've been hearing that. He said, what they were telling him is that uh, when he comes to church, it's an executive environment. <laughs> that said that church is, is a very executive environment. You, you, you like it there. That is the way they are using to do what? To draw men to church. And that's why it's indeed, it's indeed Church of Mama. You know? So we, we need to be conscious of that. You know? Our ways of life. What happened to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego changed the perception of the king. And he made a declaration. Say nobody should talk anyhow about this God again. Because yes, this is the living God. But what if they have yielded to him? And they have said, okay, God, you understand. As many people will say today, God, we under- what? understand. In this situation, I just have to. I will say, what will it profit a man to gain the whole world? And do what? And lose his soul. So I want to encourage you today. I don't know what you are going through. And there are prayers all over you. And I'm saying, is God alive? Why is this happening to me? God is able. 